This is your host, Mary Swafield, and welcome to the Wedpreneur Podcast. Join me and my guests each week as I take a deep dive into wedding business best practices, examine challenges facing our industry, and interview wedding industry experts and thought leaders who will share their strategies for taking your wedding business to the next level. Whether you're new in the industry or a seasoned pro, each episode is filled with valuable information aimed to help you build and grow the wedding business that you are dreaming about. I'm ready if you are, so let's get started. Hey, Wedpreneurs, welcome to the latest episode of the Smart Business for Wedding Pros podcast. I am your host, Mary Swafield, and today we are going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite topics, money. I know, I know, talking about money for some people is not the most comfortable thing in the world, but here's the thing. As a business, you need to get more comfortable talking about it. And in general, as an industry, I truly believe that we need to put this conversation out there because right now it is like this dirty secret that no one wants to talk about. But there is so much power to talking about these things. And by starting the conversation here today, I truly hope that it will inspire you to pay more attention to the money in your business and be more open to talking about it with your friends, your family, and your colleagues. I'm going to break today's episode into four sections, starting your business, budgeting for your business, pricing your services, and planning for sustainability and growth. Now, there is a lot to talk about with each of these four sections, and obviously I'm not going to be able to cover everything in one podcast episode, but there's good news. I do go into depth into these topics in my online course, The Pricing Lab. So if after today's show, you want to drill down even further into your business's financial health, do me a favor, send me a DM on Instagram, and I will personally respond to you and tell you more about this course. Of course, if you're ready to sign up, you can head over to thewedpreneur.com forward slash pricing lab and grab your spot. All right, are you ready for this? Let's dive right in. The first section we're going to examine is finances when starting your business. Now, if you're already in business, you may think this section is not relevant to you, but before you hit fast forward, I want you to pause for a moment. Even if you're already running a business, what I'm going to say is important for two reasons. One, it's never too late to make some of these changes in your business. And two, there may come a day when you start a new business, which I've done several times now, and this information will come in handy. Okay, so you want to start a wedding business. You are not alone. The wedding industry is attractive for people for a variety of reasons. First of all, you've probably heard that the wedding industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. You might think to yourself, wow, okay, that sounds like a sure thing then. Second, if you do just a little bit of research, you'll probably discover that there is a low barrier to entry. What does that mean exactly? Well, it means that in most areas of the wedding industry, you don't need a specific education or a certification to call yourself a wedding planner or photographer or stationer or whatever it may be. You can literally go into business right now, like today, and no one will stop you. That's a pretty powerful incentive to hang your shingle out as a wedding professional, am I right? And I totally get it. If you can start a business doing something you're passionate about and it won't actually cost you anything, I mean, wow, who wouldn't jump on that opportunity? 
In 2008, when I started looking into being an event planner and subsequently fell in love with the wedding industry and specifically, I was very much in the same boat. I was on maternity leave from my corporate job as a program coordinator, and I was dreading the idea of going back, and I started researching a career change. The moment I discovered that event planning was an actual thing, I was hooked. I won't get into the details, but I originally had my heart set on working as an event planner for a large company. But when I decided to specialize in wedding planning, it quickly became apparent that wedding planner jobs were few and far between. I decided instead to start my own company. Looking back, there are a few things that I did right and many things that I did wrong, but even back then with no experience, there was one thing I knew. I was going to need some money. Sure, I could have started with nothing. I mean, a few hundred bucks to register my business name and a DIY website probably would have gotten things rolling, but I kept coming back to one thought. I wanted to stand out. I wanted my company to be noticed, and I wanted to make a really great first impression. I also wanted some credibility. So here's what I did. I started the process of developing the company, like I started researching business names, I did a lot of market research, and so on. And in the meantime, I invested a portion of my very small savings account into taking an event management program at a local university. For transparency, I'll tell you that this was about a $2,100 investment back in 2008. For me, it was a huge amount of money, like a huge amount of money. I had a baby. I had two other kids. It was a lot to me, but I knew that I needed some sort of formal training and that this investment would come back in spades, which it did. So this is lesson number one. Invest in yourself and your ability to demonstrate your credibility to future clients. Did I need an event management program to launch my business? No. But I knew that it would give me an advantage over someone who didn't have any education. And not only that, I personally place a high value on experience and education when I'm hiring a professional. I knew that the experience part would come in time, but I felt that it was absolutely my responsibility to ensure I got some education in this field. While I was studying uh, in school event management, I continued working behind the scenes on building the business. While I did many things myself, our information package I did myself and so on, there were some sacred cows that I knew instinctively would be worth investing money into. Two things specifically, my logo and my website. Listen, 100% I could have made those myself or crowdsourced them on Fiverr, but deep down, I knew that having a professional create my brand identity and my storefront per se, aka my website, would give me credibility in the eyes of my target clients. I knew that I needed to have someone help me articulate what I envisioned my brand would represent. Now, I got a little lucky around this time because I landed my first client thanks to my next door neighbor whose cousin happened to be looking for a wedding planner, and the fees she paid me went directly towards paying for a professional designer to create my brand identity. But I still put some of my own money into it, even though, let me tell you, by that point I had very little money to spare. Now, eventually, I would pay the same graphic designer to redesign my information package and all of my marketing materials, but at the time, those were not as high of a priority as my education, my logo, and my website. And even now, looking back, I think I made the right choice. My primary focus was to attract potential clients, and that's where I spent my money. So what does this mean? If you're starting a new business, it's easier if you have some capital to put towards it. It's easier, and I'm just going to be frank here, you're more likely to experience success because you won't have to fight so hard and spend endless hours creating these things yourself for credibility and visibility. 
particularly when it comes to your marketing and your education, my recommendation is to create a launch budget and save up for it before you launch. Because here's the thing, you can do it fast or you can do it right. I believe that nine times out of 10. Listen, you wouldn't go and open a restaurant without months, maybe even years of preparation, am I right? So why would you want to give this business any less foresight and preparation? I get it. You want to start today and maybe you can start earning some money today, but I'm definitely not saying you can't do that. There are a few risks though that you need to take into consideration when you launch a wedding business without any cash. First of all, you run the risk of DIYing your long-term marketing investments. So these are things like your brand identity, your website, your logo. These are defining elements of your brand and your business. And here's the secret. With very few exceptions, I can spot a DIY logo or website from a mile away. And if I can, your clients probably can too. Secondly, you may end up positioning your business in the market in a way that will never allow you to make the money you need to be profitable. We'll touch on this a little later when we talk about pricing, But think about this, DIY marketing attracts DIY clients, something to keep in mind. Thirdly, you are starting your business thinking like a hobbyist and not like a CEO. Mindset is so critical to success. And if you're not approaching your business with a strategy in mind and willing to put your money on the table to back it up, it's going to be hard for anyone to take you seriously. Now, there are a few notable exceptions to this. I have seen some wedding pros who have amazing marketing skills, and they are able to DIY stunning marketing tools in their business and kudos to them, but they are the exception. And so I would say unless you have a graphic design or marketing experience in your background, it is worth paying for a professional. Okay, a few things I did wrong back then that I wish I could go back and change when it comes to money and budgeting for a new business. I wish I hadn't waited so long to hire my professional team. By that, I mean a lawyer and an accountant. I didn't hire a lawyer to create my contract until close to my third year in business. In fact, I was using a contract that one of my clients forwarded to me from another wedding planner that she knew. Can I just say, don't ever do that. It was incredibly stupid for me to trust someone else's contract because no two businesses are alike. And it turns out that contract was full of mistakes and holes. And this, my friends, is why I'm super hesitant about using purchase templates when it comes to contracts. I'm just going to say that. I know that lawyers are expensive, but you know what else is expensive? Lawsuits. And guess what? I got into a legal dispute with not a client, but a planner who was working for me in my third year, and it was expensive. I eventually won, but it took four years and a shit ton of money, let me tell you all of which could have been avoided had I hired a lawyer earlier. Not just for my client contracts, but for my staff contracts as well. Seek professional advice and it will save you in the long term. Trust me on that one. I also didn't hire an accountant or a bookkeeper for that matter and did the books myself. Now, I had experience in bookkeeping and for the first year or so, it was no problem. In fact, I liked having the finger on the pulse of my business finances. But what I should have done was hired an accountant to help me set up my business properly and to help advise me in terms of the overall structure of my company. Yes, even as a one-woman show. I wish I'd sought out tax advice early on and really strategized what would be the best decisions for my little company. Once again, it wasn't until year three that I finally hired an accountant and I ended up paying a fortune to restructure my business and correct some of the mistakes that I'd made. Mistakes that ended up costing me money that could have been saved had I had professional advice from the get-go. 
So what does this all mean? Well, it means that starting a wedding business can be done for next for no, next to nothing, but in the long term, the money you save at the beginning will end up costing you over the long term. It, I hear this story all the time. So my advice to you, plan, save, and be patient. Before you do anything, create a business launch budget. Figure out how much you need to start your professional wedding business. Include things like education, supplies, equipment, marketing, and professional services. Define your priorities and set a timeline goal for each major line item. Take your time and don't rush into it. It'll end up costing you in the end. Because this is something I am so passionate about, I've got a little surprise for you today. So for my listeners, I'm giving away a free business launch template. This is an Excel template that you can use to either start your business or if you're already in business, figure out a budget to make some big changes. You can head over to thewedpreneur.com forward slash 15 launch download to get your free template. Okay, now it's time to dive into the next step, which is creating a budget for your business. This is different than a launch budget because this is the annual budget that you'll use in your business, not just a budget for starting up. Call me a nerd, but I love creating my business budget every year because it allows me to put my goals on paper and give me something tangible to work towards. It also makes me feel really empowered because every month when I update my budget, I know exactly what is coming in and going out and I can plan accordingly. Too often I observe wedding pros who feel powerless in their business. They can't be strategic because they are constantly in reactive mode. Look, the more you stay on top of your money in your business, business, the more power you have to make informed decisions that will allow your business to shift, change, and grow as needed. The first year, it can be challenging to create your budget because you don't have actual numbers to look back on. It's a little bit of a guessing game and a little more work the first year, but that's okay. As every month goes by, you'll get a clearer picture on what needs to be adjusted for accuracy. The important part is to try and to commit to revisiting your budget every month. You'll want to update your actuals or the actual dollars going uh, coming in and going out each month so that you can see where you're at in your business. Here's how doing a yearly budget broken down into months can change your business. First, you can actually put your goals down on paper. Wishing you had the money to attend a major conference this year? Put it in your budget. Wanting to hire someone to refresh your website? Put it in your budget. Needing to replace your laptop? Put it in your budget. Having actual numbers to work towards allows you to A, make better informed decisions when it comes to your pricing, and B, it gives you something tangible to work towards. Second, as you get into the habit of updating your budget each month, you'll actually start to spot problems before they hit you. Because not only are you recording your projected and actual expenses, you're also making note of your income, what's projected and what's actually coming in. So when you look ahead a few months and see that you've got expenses totaling, say, $2,000 coming up, but you only have 1800 of projected revenue coming in that month, then you can identify that there's a potential problem, a potential shortfall, uh, shortfall in your cash flow and make early business decisions to avoid it, whether that means taking on another client, reducing your expenses, whatever it may be. You'll be able to mitigate the issue because you can spot it coming. How powerful is that? 
Third, your budget will allow you to structure your business to meet your needs. For example, if you know that you have higher expenses in the summer because staffing weddings or attending conferences, whatever it may be, you can plan ahead to make sure it's covered. There are a few different ways you can do this. You can structure your payments from clients so that you have more money coming in during that period, or you can make a plan to set aside a percentage of your revenue in the months prior to the summer, or maybe you can offer a promotion just prior to the summer in order to generate more revenue at that time. Those are just a few options, but the point is when you look at your budget, you have the foresight to know what you need to prepare for. I know budgeting is not a sexy thing. It can be somewhat depressing. I get it. I really do. But I promise you this. Once you turn it into a habit in your business, you will love it. You will love the power it gives you as a business owner. You will love being able to sleep at night because you know exactly where you stand financially and what you need to do to balance your books. It's the not knowing that causes us so much anxiety because it feels like we're at the mercy of the numbers. That's what stresses us out. Here's a reality check for you. If you own your business, it is your responsibility to know the numbers. This is just part of the job. I know this is hard for us creatives. It really is. And yes, you can and should hire an accountant and ideally a bookkeeper to help you, but don't let them do all the work for you. Your business will be better off if you take the time to learn. And guess what? The great news is it's really not that hard. Trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. Numbers are not my forte. It just takes a little commitment, a little time, a lot of determination. But hey, if you're in the wedding industry, then you've already got all of those things in spades already. I teach about budgeting pretty extensively in the pricing lab because it ties directly into sales goals that tie directly into setting your pricing. To me, your business budget is the foundation of every decision that you make. That's how important it is. And so while I wouldn't normally do this, I'm also offering a copy of my wedding business budget template to you today for free. Yep, this is huge. So right now I want you to hit pause and head to the wedpreneur.com forward slash 15 budget download. And when you've downloaded it, snap a photo of it and post it on your Insta story and tag me because I'm going to send you a little extra love for taking that extra step. Got it? All right. We've covered your launch budget and your yearly business budget. And now I want to talk about my favorite topic, pricing. Before I do, I want to warn you, this is going to be just a teensy mini training on pricing because it would literally take me hours and hours to teach you everything. And plus, that is what the pricing lab is for. I am going to be sharing some very valuable, actionable tips here, though. I just don't have enough time to share everything with you on this podcast episode. If you want more after we're done, I encourage you to sign up for the online course. The greatest part about this course is that it is self-directed, which means it's got videos, templates, and lessons, and you can get through it as quickly or as slowly as you like. Right now, the course is $299, but come the fall, I'm going to be increasing the price significantly because I've added a ton of value to it since it launched. You can learn more at thewedpreneur.com forward slash pricing lab or DM me on Instagram for more information. Okay, I have a bombshell to drop. As an industry, we are in danger of pricing ourselves out of business. Yep, you heard that right. 
We are currently stuck in a cycle of undervaluing and underselling our services, and because of that, we are in a race to the bottom. This has been going on for a while, but I can honestly say that it's as bad as it's ever been right now. There are many reasons for this, many of which I won't get into, but one of the biggest reasons is because as an industry, we lack experience in business. Very few of us have ever owned a business before, and for many of us, we never wanted to. We simply wanted to do what we're passionate about, whether that is being a planner, a designer, a florist, a photographer. There is really a small percentage of wedding pros who truly wanted to be a business owner more than they wanted to practice their craft and create their art. This goes back to what I was saying earlier in the show, in a way, this lack of preparation. And that's okay. Many, many successful millionaire entrepreneurs will tell you that they started with zero business experience as well. Where I think we fall down is that we are so incredibly passionate about the services that we offer that we don't always take the time to invest financially and time-wise in learning about the actual art of running a business. And because of that lack of knowledge, and I want to clarify here, I'm talking about most but not all wedding pros, we have a tendency to determine our our pricing based on all of the wrong things. So for example, I see people base their pricing on what we think our competitors are doing or what we think our experience or lack of is worth or what we feel we would be comfortable paying for our own services, or the fear that we price ourselves too high, then no one will hire us. And I get it. I really do. I charged my first wedding planning client $1,500, and I remember feeling like that was a lot of money to ask for. But that was because I didn't yet understand the value of what I was offering. And also because the reality is I am not my target client, but more on that later. By the time I signed my third client, I had upped my price to $5,000. I had a few reasons for doing so. One, I started to realize that this was actually a lot of really hard work and it required a lot of my time. Two, I started to do some basic math and realized that by the time I took into consideration my time, travel, expenses, staffing, Welp, it turned out that there wasn't going to be a whole lot left of that original $1,500. And three, I had goals for my business. Remember, I used that first $1,500 from my first client to pay for a professional graphic designer. And basic math was telling me that if I wanted to continue to grow my business, I needed to make more money. I started thinking about the cozy, secure corporate job that I had left behind. I had been making about $50,000 a year at that job, and suddenly I realized that if I was going to even come close to matching that amount, I was either going to have to take on a lot more clients, or raise my prices, or both. Back then, the math was simple. $50,000 divided by $5,000 per client meant I needed to get a minimum of 10 clients per year. This is a basic way to determine your pricing. Of course, what I didn't realize back then is that the basic math didn't take into consideration things like taxes and expenses and more importantly, growth. But I was on the right track and as I booked more and more clients and worked on providing my services in a way that no one else could, I continued to raise my prices and because of that, I was able to continue to grow my business. I added more staff and continued to put more marketing or money into our marketing strategy. If I knew then what I know now, I would have made some key changes to that pricing strategy. But back then, we didn't really have access to all of the education and training that we do now. So really, I was just going on gut feelings and what 
seemed to make sense at the time. Luckily, when you know better, you do better. Over the years, I started researching different pricing structures and strategies and learning more and more about how to generate a profit in order to have a sustainable business with potential for continued growth. And one of the key factors I learned is that pricing is a marketing strategy. Let me ask you something. How many of you know what an ideal client is? I'm pretty sure you're all familiar with the term, and many of you have probably sat down and figured out who that ideal client is to an extent. This is super important, and I've devoted a few lessons to this in the Pricing Lab course. Now hold that thought for a moment because I have another question for you. How many of you have heard the term unique selling proposition? This is yet another common marketing term, and basically it's all about figuring out what sets you apart from your competitors. Again, in the pricing lab, there's a lesson devoted to doing this work and really figuring out what sets you apart. But here's the secret. Your pricing is a positioning tool. Your pricing needs to align with both your ideal client and your unique selling proposition. It has to back it up, sort of like a credibility check. If you decide that your ideal clients, say, have a higher budget, but you don't have a unique selling proposition to back that up, and you've priced your services on the lower end, maybe because you don't have a lot of experience yet, or because you're worried no one will pay a higher fee, well, here's the thing. Potential clients are going to see a disconnect, and it will actually discourage them from choosing you. Where I often see this problem compounded is in the wedding businesses who are looking to appeal to the middle market, so mid-range budgets. This is by far the most competitive piece of the market, which means that you'll have a ton of competitors competing for the same couples. If your pricing is also similar to those competitors and you don't have a clear and compelling unique selling proposition, well, you're going to get lost in the crowd 100%. So the solution to this, well, there are a few. I won't get into all of them today because a lot of it has to do with marketing strategy, but when it comes to the pricing piece of the solution, here's what I want you to do. I want you to ignore your market. Yep, you heard me. I want you to ignore what your competitors are charging, at least for the time being. Listen, doing competitive scans is important. Doing your market research and having a good idea of what the so-called going rate is in your area, it's important. It's important enough that, you guessed it, it's an entire lesson in the Pricing Lab program, but it should not be the guiding factor when it comes to setting your pricing, and here's why. Your business is not the same as their business. Your needs, your expenses, how much your salary, uh, how much salary you need your business to pay you, these are not the same as someone else's needs. Your goals are not the same. So why would you base your pricing on someone else's business model? Here's my prescription for creating a sustainable and profitable pricing strategy. Number one, let your budget be your guiding light. Know what you need to earn and know what you want to earn. From there, you could figure out how much you want to work. Because think of it this way, you can charge $1,000 and do 52 weddings a year, or you could charge $5,200 and do 10 weddings a year. You're going to earn the same money. Number two, know where you want to position your business and be sure that your pricing is in alignment with that. For example, if you want to work with luxury clients, you will not attract them if your pricing is too low. Number three, understand your unique selling proposition, the value that you bring to your clients that is unique to you and your company, and get comfortable talking about it. Your marketing messaging should focus on this value all the time. 
Number four, let go of the idea that experience is the only value factor to consider when setting your price. In the pricing lab, I teach that there are six value factors that act like a sliding pricing scale. While experience is important and the more of it you have, the more you'll be able to leverage that value, it is not the only value that you bring to the table. And number five, make a plan for sustainability and growth. And that brings us to the final point in this episode. Did you know that most wedding industry businesses last for three years or less? I can't tell you how many times I've seen incredibly talented, creative wedding businesses disappear after a few years. Over the years, I've talked to many of the wedding pros who have closed down, and not surprisingly, the most common reason I hear from them is, I just wasn't making any money and it wasn't sustainable. What's that saying? When you fail to plan, you plan to fail. This is never more true though when it comes to the money in your business. If you're spending every dollar that your business brings in, your business is not going to be sustainable. All it will take is one crisis, one client who doesn't pay, one emergency car repair, and you will be in trouble. You know this. You know this in your life and in your business. This is why having a plan for sustainability is so important. You need to not only be smart with your budgeting and your pricing, but with your saving. I look at it this way. You should be saving for sustainability, that rainy day fund that allows you to make up any shortfalls in your sales goals for one thing and saving for growth. My challenge to you is this, create a separate business savings account. And every time a client pays you before you touch a penny, put a percentage into the savings account. It doesn't need to be a big percentage. I recommend starting with 10%, but it needs to be something. Make this a habit, a non-negotiable habit. It might mean making sacrifices elsewhere in your business, but trust me, it is worth it. The second part of this challenge is to work on running a lean business. What I mean by that is taking a hard look at your expenses and finding ways to spend less. Do you really need Kate Spade office supplies? I mean, trust me, if I had my way, my entire office would be Kate Spade. Rest in peace, beautiful soul. But do you need it? Do you need to subscribe to 10 different software programs to run your business right now at this stage in your business? Go lean for a while. Go lean until you have built up a cushion that, uh, in that savings account that will help you sustain your business when things get slow. Now, when it comes to growth, you're going to have to work even harder on your plan. Ask yourself, where do you see your business in five years? What does your dream business look like? Do you want a physical office one day, a full-time assistant, a social media manager? Do you want to grow your team or expand into other cities? I have had all of those dreams and more. And the lesson I've learned in my first business is this. These things are not going to just happen organically. You need to start planning for them now. And the first step is to write them down. I want you to imagine your business five years down the road and write a business plan for it. Figure out what an office might cost you per month. Create a budget for your future business. Start planning and saving for it. I actually have a completely separate account, my profit account, where I put 30% of every dollar I earn to save for growth. Yep. 30%. Twice a year, I look at the balance of this account and decide what my business needs now in order to grow and what to keep in there for the future and bigger growth plans. This has been a game changer in my business. And remember, in five years, you won't be charging the same as what you're charging now. When I work with my coaching clients, one of my favorite exercises is to come up with a five-year pricing strategy. Ask yourself this, how much do you want to be charging in five years? How much do you want to be working? 
Be free to be outrageous with these dreams, okay? And once you figure these numbers out, you can create a plan to start increasing your prices between now and then. Whether you choose to do a yearly increase, so uh, say every year you increase your price by 15%, or to increase pricing over X amount of weddings, so increasing every 10 weddings your price goes up by 10%, or whatever your number is going to be, the important thing is that by the end of the fifth year, you've hit your target, and because you've been socking away money for sustainability and growth, there will be no limit to what you can accomplish. All right, guys, I know that this has been a lot. In hindsight, I probably could have been four, done four separate episodes for these topics, but I encourage you to go back and listen to this again and again if you need to. The important message that I hope you've taken away from this is that money absolutely needs to be a priority for you in your wedding business. It may seem overwhelming right now, but like most things in your business and life, if you are committed and persistent and consistently make your finances a priority in your business, business, over time, you will see results guaranteed. I'm going to quickly summarize the four main points of this episode for you. Number one, before you launch a wedding business, and if you've already launched, it's never too late to implement this strategy with your current goals, set a launching budget. Figure out your priorities, do your research, start saving now so that you can invest in a successful launch of your business. Don't rush it. Remember, you can do it fast or you can do it well. And don't forget to head over to thewedpreneur.com forward slash 15 launch download to get access to your free template. Number two, if you don't already, stop what you're doing and create a business budget. Don't pass go. Do not collect a million dollars. Create that budget. Make it as detailed as you can and schedule time each and every month to update it and take the financial pulse of your wedding business. And if you need a budget template, today's your lucky day. I am giving away my budget template to all of my listeners today so you can visit thewedpreneur.com forward slash 15 budget download to get access. Number three, be strategic and thoughtful with your pricing. Don't let what other people are doing be your deciding factor. Look at your numbers and figure out what you need to make, what you want to make, and how much you want to work. And add to that your value factors, experience, expertise, education, reputation, scope of work, and adjust accordingly. Know who your target market is and make sure you've priced yourself in alignment with that market. And of course, be crystal clear in your unique selling proposition and become a ninja at communicating it. When your numbers, your ideal client, and your unique selling proposition are all in alignment, you'll be well on your way to pricing for profit, sustainability, and growth. Number four, plan for sustainability and growth. Be smart with your money. Run a lean company in order to maximize what you have available for saving. Make it an immutable habit that you take a percentage of your revenue and allot it towards a sustainability fund and a profit or growth fund. As an aside, I highly recommend reading Profit First by Michael Michalowicz. This book completely changed my approach to money in my business, and I can't recommend it enough. I will link to that in the show notes for you guys for sure. And of course, if you want to take a deeper dive into pricing and profit, I do encourage you to sign up for the Pricing Lab. Registration is open right now, but I will be closing it at the end of August. And like I said, when I relaunch it, the price will be significantly higher as I add more value to the course. So you can register at thewedpreneur.com forward slash pricing lab. And don't hesitate to DM me on Instagram if you have any questions about the course. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at thewedpreneur community. 
Well, Wedpreneurs, I hope that at the very least, this episode has made you think hard about your business and your money. I'm reminded of a very tough conversation I had with my business coach many years ago. He told me bluntly that if I wasn't making any money, I had a hobby and not a business. I have never forgotten that, and I'm pretty sure that it was this conversation that propelled me to start to learn more and pay more attention to money in my business. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know this was a lot of information and I definitely have future episodes planned where I will drill down into more detail on each of these four financial areas. I'd also like to extend a personal invitation to everyone listening to join the Wedpreneur community and keep the conversation going. You can head on over to thewedpreneur.com forward slash join to sign up. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Wedpreneur Podcast. I'm so incredibly grateful to all of my listeners and would like to take a moment to invite you to keep the conversation going. Head on over to my free online community at thewedpreneur.com forward slash join. If you enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word by leaving us an honest review on iTunes. I appreciate each and every one of you and welcome your feedback. Until next time.